Hello, Reliving the Extreme listeners. Do you enjoy this podcast? Well, obviously you do because you're listening. If you enjoy this podcast and you shop on Amazon, why not wrap that all into one and give our podcast a little bit of support? All you have to do is when you want to shop on Amazon, instead of going to Amazon.com, go to www.tinyurl.com backslash extreme Amazon. By going there to do your Amazon shopping, you don't spend anything extra. And what it does is it throws a little a little a little commission our way here just to support the podcast. So like I said, if you like to shop on Amazon and you are a fan of this podcast and want to throw us some support, we appreciate it. That is www.tinyurl.com backslash extreme Amazon. Now let's relive the extreme. This is the Sinister Minister, Father James Mitchell, and you are listening to Aaron, Nate, and Chad on the Reliving the Extreme podcast. Make sure you smash the like button and share, or you will burn in hell. This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are back doing our thing. Show reviews return this week. Nate Maxson here with you along with my brother Aaron. Hello. And Mr. Chad Austin, of course. The now betrothed Mr. Chad Austin. My first podcast as a married guy. <laughs> Very rarely do I get to use the word betrothed on a podcast. I don't know what that means. You, might, you may be insulting me. I just don't know what it means. <laughs> This week, we are going to be reviewing the episode of ECW from December the 14th, I actually thought you said Latrobe. <laughs> Latrobe? Like the beer. I'm like, oh, Latrobe. <laughs> the Canadian beer. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I'm down with that. Um, but before we get into our show review, which I don't... I actually... This show review I have isn't terrible. Um, but anyway, we'll get into that. Uh, this is an ECW podcast, so I guess we will mention that since the last time we left you, uh, the passing of Jerome Young New Jack passed away, was it late last week, um, of a heart attack. And I just wanted to reflect a little bit on, to, to be honest, I was a big fan of New Jack's promos. Um I think he was a fantastic promo. What what he did in the ring was what it was. It was New Jack. It was, you know, at the time, it was it was something, I guess, special or something visually different. But definitely the promos. I was a big fan of him on the on the mic. Um, what did you guys, uh, any reflections on, on New Jack here? I know, Chad, you actually worked with New Jack at one point. You could say that. <laughs> um, I'll just say, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. You, Aaron, you want to go first? I mean, I, yeah, I you're, I'm you're, you're take you're, up a little bit more time. You're the main event. You can go last. Um, 
uh, I was just going to say, like, obviously, I never knew the guy, but um, I think he was a, a major personality and attraction. And um, I've said it before on the We Can't Wrestle podcast that um, I always looked at him, like, looking back on it, he was kind of, and it might seem out of left field, but he was almost like the ECW version of Sting like the black crow sting, like mm. shit would be going down and the, and the, and the, and the faces would be getting their ass kicked. And then all of a sudden new Jack's music would hit kind of like when Sting would like drop from the rafter and say, and like help out against the NWO. That's kind of what I always thought about it. It's kind of like that, that saying where you're going all the way around your back and touch your elbow. <laughs> 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 I mean, wow. I mean, uh, I mean, Sting would just normally come out with the black bat. Well, I'm not saying it, like it was the same the as that. I'm saying like the dumpster. Con- I'm saying the concept of it, like All the right, guy that's going to come back I mean, out and save everybody. Aaron, as soon as, as soon as you started talking about it, I started putting the picture in my head, going, "All right, I think I know what he means." Mm-hmm. Like instead of him coming out of a trash can, like with with lettuce on his head or something, like, <laughs> like and. You know, oh, I got you. Yeah, he's like he's that um, like that borderline locker room police guy, right? Yeah, like he he's the guy that's going to keep order in the whole entire system, even though this guy's completely out of order. Yeah, so I was going to say order by chaos, I guess. Yeah. It, yeah. So I guess I guess my question to you, Chad, would be um, to for your reflections on on Mister Young here. I've always wondered as a fan, and I don't know. I honestly, we haven't discussed it in in depth, folks. So I don't know how well Chad actually knew New Jack, but I did. How, how with your interactions with him was what we saw on TV pretty much him? I mean, is it? You know what I mean? Like, was it? Was it? I, I guess I know what I'm saying, but I don't know if you know what I'm saying. It was just yeah. was it him magnified or was it him? <laughs> it, it was always him. I mean, I never did drugs with him. I, I was I was never offered, you know, not that I would have or wouldn't have. I mm-hmm. was never in the same picture as any of that. Um, it was just anytime you saw him in the locker room, uh, like walking around, he was always just a little bit louder than everybody else. Just, okay. I, I, I'm not saying he was screaming and yelling and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. He was just a little bit more boisterous. And he wanted like everybody to know that he was there. Let everybody know, and and I, I I'm a I'm a big fan of what um, and I'm not trying to cross promote and do anything else, um, with our shows, but I'm a big fan of what Cornette and Brian said about about New Jack, because mm-hmm. because I'm much in the same corner as Brian, that we we were in in um, Knoxville, they were down there for Fan Week when New Jack cut them promos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So and none of us knew who the hell he was. No, nobody did, and we were just going like, "What in the hell was that?" The OJ promo. I, you know, I think I think it may have been, but okay. it's not like the the ones that I remember. I, I just remember like the heat that he got, mm-hmm. and like the two spot towns, like we, like oh Wednesday and Thursday. You know, maybe he had mm-hmm. like two hundred fifty, three hundred, four hundred people there, but he got so much heat because he was New Jack. Right. Um, so that was kind of cool. So him coming to ECW, n- nobody coming to ECW was a big to do to where anybody like in the locker room was like, wow, we got this guy. So New Jack was just the same same person that I was mm-hmm. when I started. He knew the same amount of people that I did. So, you know, it was just kind of like, hey, how's it going? How's it going? 
But New Jack found himself and he developed that niche, you know, that that's that character that all I got to do is, well, instead of actually doing like work, all I got to do is jump off something and then bleed. And I'm thinking like maybe I'll trade like the psychology and the work for to jump off something and bleed. I don't know. I don't, maybe, I, maybe that's just me. I don't, I don't like the word act used when you use the word act in pro wrestling, but I guess tandem. I always, I, I really enjoyed the gangsters as a tandem just because new Jack always seemed off the rails. And then Mustafa would be behind him just silent, but psycho, you know? And I, I think it worked so well, the two of them together. I don't think they actually got along in real life. I've heard that before. I don't remember where. It might have been in a shoot interview somewhere, so you believe what you believe from a shoot interview because you're always getting worked. But um, I, I've heard that, too, somewhere. Um, not to where they had animosity, but just to where it wasn't like they were, you know, they were they, they worked together in the ring, but they weren't buddies outside the ring, I guess. But they the never best. even worked together in the ring. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> like, they, they weren't exactly the British Bulldogs out there. They didn't have a whole plethora of double team moves that they went over. It was like, first, we're going to hit this spot, and then that spot. It was, no. If me and Mustafa run into each other in the middle of the match, then, oh. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll go back to doing whatever we were doing. Yeah, they didn't have like they didn't. I, I don't know. Possibly, I heard a bunch of crap. But I mean, yeah, New Jack. I mean, he he is definitely he definitely carved, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. his legacy <laughs> in that in that hardcore. Um, you know that not, I don't even want to say deathmatch like position that many people have followed for years and years later. Although a few times he tried to make it a literal death match, but <laughs> besides That's the That's why point. I can't I can't understand why people were tagging me in posts <laughs> that were like, oh a guy who gave so much to the business and blah 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 and he's like sorry for your loss. Like what loss was it of mine? <laughs> like I I didn't lose him. I wasn't in charge of watching him. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to find him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I, I, I don't know. I, I I almost think I was trending that weekend. <laughs> like somewhere near below New Jack. Because I don't know why I was, I was like, what does my association with New Jack have to do with him dying? Right. <laughs> Stop tagging me. <laughs> yeah, every, everybody was like, sorry for your loss. I'm trying to get married. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, what a wedding present. Well, our uh, our thoughts go out to New Jack, New Jack's friends and family. Rest in peace. And now I, we will move on. I will say this: I am so glad to hear that New Jack actually finally got married, mm-hmm. had a family, found some peace. Yeah, he found settled some down. Peace. And then I don't know what he was doing as far as work, whether he was still taking bookings, but he probably would have had another, you know, another summer of taking bookings. Now that we're opening up. With mm-hmm. convention and stuff, you know, with the dark side and stuff, he probably would have had another run, kind of, right. sort of speak, right? Yeah, yeah, and, run through the circuit, yeah. And I, I'm just glad that at 58 or whatever it was that he settled down, mm-hmm. that, yeah, he changed his tune. Mm-hmm. But that's probably the new Jack that was always there, you know? That was probably the new Jack that he always wanted to be. But he couldn't because of the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Well, moving along to our episode of ECW this week. It is December the 14th, 1993. 
Uh, we're finally back into the show reviews here. I'm going to actually start um, posting because I, I, I just thought about it last week when I sent these guys the link for the show. We had been watching the shows on the WWE Network and listeners were able to watch along with us. Now, if you, you have to seek it out if you want to watch along with us. So on the Facebook group page, I will now start posting the links for the episodes we're watching, and then I will attach that also to the uh, header for the podcast as well. That way, That's if you cool. all want to watch the show before you listen to the podcast to follow along, we'll get you that, because WWE Network still hasn't uploaded any of the ECW TV. So, all right, guys. December 14th, got 1993. Holy, holy yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> made that a priority. <laughs> well, I no longer have to stay up for Monday Night Raw afterwards to watch Miz and Mrs. <laughs> yeah, I, can just, been, I can just log been... on the Peacock and then just <laughs> and just go Miz and Mrs. And well, oh that, yeah, it's up there. That show might be over since he was devoured by zombies. Who knows? Well, he, All right. Well, he got. Well, at least his neck was devoured by, or his ACL was devoured yeah. by zombies. <laughs> the open of this show, I like the open. Like I've said in the past, they do the, if you missed the show last week, this is what you missed. And then they actually added a good hype to the show of what was coming up on the show at the beginning here. Um, again, this is, an, this is a show that they're trying to grow. This is a show that they're trying to put out there to new viewers and what's the best way to hook them than to say this is what you've missed if you haven't been watching, and here's what you can see tonight if you continue watching. Sal Balomo? <laughs> Salvatore Balomo. He's going he's gonna to open up the show here, actually, with a bag of teddy bears. And Joey says, what a guy, Sal Balomo. What a guy. Yeah, Sal Balomo comes out and empties his sack on all the kids. Whoa. <laughs> uh, I like it when Aaron makes me not be able to swallow my beer. All right. Nate, I thought, I, I really thought, when I wrote down, I kind of let it go, but now like that we've already went to Sal, I wrote like, it was a, recra- a recap of, a re- basically a recap of whatever <laughs> we saw last week that we might see again today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I literally thought we were going to see the same shit again today. So when I saw Santa Sal, oh, <laughs> mama mia. <laughs> <laughs> That's a I, spicy I, meatball. <laughs> yeah, I realized this might be a, a, an original show, or it might have some original content on it. Sal is in the ring, and this. Uh, oh, Aaron, the teddy bears. Do you have more on the teddy bears? You sounded like you just, might have. Just, just <laughs> I don't think that I. I don't think this match was taped in the ECW arena. I don't. I don't think it was. I might be wrong, but it was really dark. But I think if that would have been the ECW arena, then people wouldn't have been popping and cheering for fucking teddy bears and shit. They would have been throwing them back and booing him out of the building. I, I think this. I don't think this was taped in the arena like they said it was. This might have been from the mythical high school we watched the show from a few weeks ago. Oh, I never, um, I never noticed anything different. So, I mean, unless I go back and watch it, you know, I, yeah, I, 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 good point. I didn't know that because I, I did see a couple of families there. Like they were getting teddy bears. I'm just like, what are they doing there? That's yeah, I don't think this was in the. I don't think this was in the ECW arena. <laughs> if they were in the ECW arena, the dad was very quickly like, okay, we need to take the kids back to the uh, the, to the little Caesars and uh, go to Chuckie's. <laughs> um, Sal is in a pretty much a squash match here with Don E. Allen, 
And, uh, I mean, Joey, God bless him. He's putting over Sal the whole time. The Italian war cry, et cetera, et cetera. The Italian war cry. And then he's a high flyer for a big man. That's what he says. That's right. I mean, boy, are you, are you discrediting it? A little bit. Are you, what do you mean a little bit? <laughs> Either you are or you're not. Is he not a high flyer or is he a medium flyer? I'll go medium. He gets. He got some better yeah, He's got a better drive kick than Sandman. I'll give him that. <laughs> well, Jesus, Zach Gallon's got a better drop kick than him. <laughs> I, I um, I I purposely like. I, I gotta say that I I like Donnie Allen because I, I after watching Donnie Allen on several of these shows that we've got to watch of him, and I never really paid attention to him while we were together, mm-hmm. unless we were in the ring together. I like Donnie. He really knew how to work. And I always thought there was some kind of a of a great underneath tag team between me and him. Like me and him as a tag team that just got beat every single week, you know? And you know, and, and eventually at the end of the cycle, something happens where people are just not only getting tired of us getting beat, we win or something. Yeah, I was gonna say you pull one out one night and yeah. Oh, especially after I saw me later on in the show. That's when I realized, oh, yeah, me and oh, Donnie was, as a jobber tag team, we would have been fantastic. I was up in arms about that bait and switch, but we'll get we'll get back to that later on. I, I um, really I really liked I really liked um, uh, Donnie as, as a job guy. And he and, and he knew his he knew his spot. And mm-hmm. I mean, nothing, nothing compares to the big pizza finish. <laughs> what the fuck is the big Joey Styles just out of nowhere? The big pizza finish. <laughs> it's a pizza shit, is what it is. Well, uh, but my question—I don't know if you know or not, Chad. You might. How long before? Okay, so this is ninety-three. How long had Donnie been working before this? Oh, he had some of that old ass tri-state days. Mm-hmm. Well, this is ninety-three, so I would say like night, maybe late ninety. Okay. Early '91 stuff. Yeah, it was probably a year or so longer than me. I would say, because he actually acted more. He knew more about the the, the business business than I did when we hooked up. It was great because me and Donnie were perfect because we were we were TV talent. So we sat by ourselves. So we had no choice but to get to know each other. Because mm-hmm. what later on, as we will see, I came with Donnie numerous amount of times. To almost defeat nine one one. If you just could have just could have figured out that chemistry, you know. I also heard that that's what uh that's what Sal used to call it when he was finishing up romance and his wife. It's like, oh, it's a, it's the bigger pizza finish. Oh, the bigger pizza. <laughs> it's of the stuffed crust. <laughs> the oh. It's the bigger pizza finish. <laughs> the, the fresh mozzarella. It always delivers. <laughs> Aaron's favorite guy is up next. Matty uh, in the house. I don't know how you can make the body count match sound worse. Oh, I know. Have Matty in the house explain it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Christ. Yeah, that was brutal, man. I um I have I have a lot of a lot of good takes and a lot of bad takes about that. First off, I just wrote F and Matty. And a video recap of Public Enemy and Bad Company. I wrote it was cool. 
I like that. I like that because they used the body count song. Yeah, I have that written down here too. You, they use the they use body count for the body count hype well, because body count as a band, Ice Cube. Um, I'm I'm not sure what label he was on, but body count as a band wasn't on Warner Brothers yet. Like mm-hmm. they were basically an independent band, so that that may have been the the initial um, the initial deal where Paul was dipping his toe in the water of let's try to steal music, right? Like let's see who who knows about it. Because when I heard it, I was like, "There's no way they're playing it." I'm going, "It is Body Count," because I'm a big fan of Body Count. Mm-hmm. That must have. I thought I thought everything was great. I thought all that, the video package, all the stuff, the, the way they were spliced, edited, aired, the music, I thought the video package was, I wrote cool stuff. Yeah, and then I, I had no problem with the video either. I, Like I said, I would have preferred, like, show me the video, but, like, put text up or something telling you what the fucking match is going to be, not fucking Maddie. Instead of Maddie saying kaboom, like, yeah. it seemed like 48 times, but it probably wasn't that many. But yeah. Also, but yeah, did you no. notice what did you notice what Joey said before he sent it to the segment? He no. said, "Have you ever wondered what somebody acts like when they've uh, been in a motorcycle accident without their helmet?" Well, here's Maddie in the house. <laughs> good, good on Joey Styles. Good on Joey Styles, <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, this this um, the video that Chad was talking about did, did the better to or the best of hyping this match than anybody talking about it has so far. Because, first of all, it sounds it, it sounds confusing. And then on top of that, you have, like Aaron said, you have you picked Maddie in the house to try to decipher this for you and try, and try to translate all this. And it just doesn't work there. But the video did a great job of hyping it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Paul, Paul is an editing genius when it comes to... And it shows later on in the show as well. I made notes about that is that it may be some of the old videos that we've already seen, but there was new, they were put in different spots right. to make it look like it was fresher. Then we get a variety club ad. And then after that, it's a JT Smith promo. So was Sam Man a member of the variety club? This is this is Aaron's gimmick. So I'm going to no, it, 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 The variety club helps the families of. Folks like the Sandman, Chris Michaels, the Canadian Wolfman. It helps take the burden off the families of supporting these these schmucks. So it's kind of like they send them kids over to their house. Yeah, and, and they and mow the, the yard and, and wash the dishes. <laughs> and they mow the yard and wash the dishes. Oh, all right, oh, that's no big deal. I, I thought it was the I thought it was the other way around. No, no, nobody I know was going to expect a Sandman to cut my grass. But yeah. that, that kid with the with the thing sticking out of the side of his neck and the couple things that he's walking on, that guy can clearly cut grass. Yeah. After after Chris Michaels is done washing the last plate, he's like bleep 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 bleep. That's all, folks. That, oh, Chris Michaels isn't Chris Michaels isn't washing the plates. <laughs> no, the yeah, kid's I, 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 I always I've always liked that ver- that variety club thing because I mean, say what you want about Todd. I don't know if Todd still gets a bad name, but he really did do a lot for charity. Yeah, I'm not making fun of like you know the the, the symbolism of it and the message. Well, of I it. was, but um, <laughs> you don't have. 
<laughs> but no, the variety club's a good, a good, a good thing, and obviously it wasn't going to be able to happen after ECW became ECW. But <laughs> well, I think I, that's what happened to a lot of the ECW wrestlers that worked for ECW later on. They became members of the Bart Bars of the Variety Club. So maybe Todd should have started that thing later on. <laughs> Can you imagine that, Aaron? The night Kimono want to lay you dance oh, atop the ECW man, if arena. Kimono, if Kimono Here's the Variety Club. If, no, if Kimono want to lay a woman and Beulah would have showed up, man. Some of them kids might have like, been healed. They might have got up and started walking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we move into a promo. He's like, nothing below my waist ever worked before, but Dua showed up. <laughs> Come on, I want to show you. <laughs> I love doing this show. JT oh, Ron Smith. Wright got the fuck up. <laughs> Ron Wright got the fuck up. <laughs> so are, we, are, we, are we at the JT Smith promo? <laughs> we are indeed at the JT Smith promo. Um, discussing Terry Funk, discussing Kevin Sullivan and the incident from last week. Um... Aaron, anything on this one? It was just a quick and to the point promo. It didn't overstay its welcome, but it wasn't anything memorable. It was just short and forgettable. I actually thought that JT Smith was at a buffet stuffing his mouth with mashed potatoes, and somebody told him they need to do a quick promo. And he said, Well, can I hurry up and finish eating these mashed potatoes? And he said, No. <laughs> and, but but I but I thought the video package was tremendous. I liked I liked the way JT explained how everything was set up. Obviously, it wasn't that that produced that segment. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was a higher up, you know, meaning Paul or somebody like that, because this interview was shot at the TV studio. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't a whole lot of other people involved. So I think Paul was there, but I thought the package was fine. Because it showed everything that happened just enough of how Terry fucked him. Just, right. you know, it showed just enough to build a little bit of anticipation for the next the next week's matches, which went, I don't know if they announced them yet or not, but it built enough just for for that anticipation. I thought it was well done. I liked it. I, I did like that. Well, and that's, that's what, and we'll get, I'll get to it after the, I, more in depth, I guess, when we get to the end of the show. But that's why I said at the beginning of this show that I didn't, I didn't dislike this show. This is probably the best show that I've seen so far of the shows we've watched because you can tell now we're getting to the point where we're we're building stories, where we're getting a core talent pool that isn't the talent pool we started with. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? These are the, these are the guys we got. Let's like, they're, they're in the neighborhood. Let's just use them. Like they're right. right. And, people and they're, t- they're tying up all the loose ends mm-hmm. so they can move forward. Yeah. So they, I mean, even some of the guys that you're seeing now aren't going to be there in four or five months, but they're going to help get us that at four or five months. Right. You're because using- there's nobody else better. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Are you know available to help do that? So all these guys, the Stetsons, the at the time, the Sandmans, uh, I don't know. You you put them in there, JTs, all them guys. Mm-hmm. They're valuable at this point because we need them. But yeah, um, I was going to say Diamond and Tanaka. You know, you're using them to well, build I mean, let's public, be en- honest, public enemy. <laughs> I mean, did Vern need them? 
Jesus. Yeah, Doug Summers and Buddy Rose for crying out loud. After this promo, we're supposed to have Tommy Dreamer and Johnny Gunn defend the ECW Tag Team Championships against Kevin Sullivan and the Tasmaniac. I gave them a team name. Or Wait, as as Aaron would say, Maddie would call him the Tasmaniac. Um, I gave the Tasmaniac and Kevin Sullivan a tag team name. Oh, goody. They're the twin toddlers. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> great great job with that one. I mean, I mean, I haven't been on the show in two weeks, and you come up with twin toddlers. That's great. <laughs> I mean, maybe if I take a three-week hiatus, you're going to say, Mike, not so awesome. <laughs> I thought the twin toddlers is fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Nobody else what, tried. What do you, What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Um, the deal with with, with uh, Johnny Gunn. I think Johnny Gunn. To fuck off. I don't. I don't. I think John, I think Johnny Gunn probably like we were talking about. Their their you're transitioning from just an independent, and Paulie obviously wants to make this something bigger. So. Yes, they told him to fuck off. But what I'm saying is he was he was brought in as a quote unquote name because hadn't he been in WCW by the? Did you hear what they said though? They said, "Oh, because of the winter weather, Johnny Gunn can't make it in," and he was in Puerto Rico. That's right. That's all right. So what about it? How can he not get out of Puerto Rico? It doesn't snow there. (laughs) (laughs) Tropical paradise. They would have had to land a plane somewhere. Yes, he could have jumped out. Parachute it in. They told oh, him to fuck what off. What do you What do you want, Aaron? You want Johnny Gunn to be in a Buddy Holly situation here? They, just, they told him to fight. He wasn't stuck in Puerto Rico. Oh, I I think I think this started probably before the the show even happened. Yeah. It, well, and it was it was essentially the last probably the last set of tapings or whenever that that uh, tag title change happened. You were still booking Johnny Gunn on a you know a night to night basis or whatever, just as a, as a guy to come in. And you give him your belt or what have you, <clears throat> and then now he's he's no longer being booked. Maybe he went back to WCW at this point. I don't know. Well, I have to check well, my John, timeline. I mean, but I mean, Johnny Gunn is not is not the kind of guy who's gonna work on a handshake mm-hmm. and the promise. You know, he probably did the show that when they he probably did that one show, got money. May, it, it was probably a, a little light. And I'm not going to say it was a lot light, but it may have been a little light. And then he started going, well, fuck this. Why am I going to work for this guy and make possibly this when I can work as over here? I can work twice. I can be the Patriot. I can be Johnny Gunn. I can be Sal Sincere. <clears throat> well, and, they, and from a from a promoter's standpoint or a booker's standpoint, Polly and Todd Gordon are probably going – yeah, Johnny, we could pay you this that you want, but we also would really much rather pay Terry Funk what he wants. <laughs> you know, I mean, from a, a logical standpoint, uh, if I can have Terry Funk, um, I'll just give him Johnny Gunn's salary and figure something out with my tag titles that have been vacated 16 times already anyway, so what does it matter? <laughs> and, it, it, it uh, makes sense. It makes sense because I really don't think I, – I, I really don't think Tom is that much of a big fan of the business. Mm-hmm. So I really don't think it gives he gives a fuck because I because I mean I've known Tom for Jesus almost thirty years and I, I, we've never talked about the business like the wrestling business mm-hmm. we've always talked about other shit so I don't think he's a fan 
of wrestling and how that shit works. So I don't even think he was interested. Kind of, you know. He right. Wanted to know, like, long, like, he didn't last in WCW. That's <clears throat> probably because, That's... I don't know, he realized, oh, I'm going to be a mid-card guy. <laughs> and who am I going to lose to? The, the, the buddy Lee Parker? The other guy? <laughs> the gambler? <laughs> well, nobody loses to the gambler. <laughs> That's the worst name to have because don't, don't you know, gambler, the house always wins. <laughs> so if I was going to wrestle, I just call myself the house. The house. <laughs> that would have been a great feud. The yeah. house versus the gambler. <laughs> Every time we're in the ring, I go, I'm going to Yeah, win but this. you don't want Maddie in you. Say that. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't God. do that. Because Maddie's sorry. He's sorry. He's sorry. He's not sorry. He's, not sorry. <laughs> he's pretty sorry. I, I've had enough of that. <laughs> they take, uh, well, you know, the no-show or whatever it was, whether it was a no-show or a just not booked Johnny Gunn situation, and I think they made chicken salad out of chicken shit. With that. I think so. Is- I think so, too, Nate. Did, did you notice um, in the commentary, like, mm-hmm. I actually wrote down in my, in my notes that I said this is the start of the Tommy Dreamer character because yeah. St- Joey Stahl says, this guy ain't no pretty boy. He's hardcore. And mm-hmm. when I heard that, and then I heard him agree to take on both guys by himself, I was like, okay. I think, I think, Aaron, you, you were right in the sense that it was kind of like Tommy Gunn or whatever the fuck your name is, Tom Brandy, hit the bricks, pal. You know, go back to the wrestling um, fucking metal maniac. And... <laughs> And, and the Pacific Palisades, King Kalua, and we're going to take Tommy Dreamer, and we're going to make something out of him. Yeah, and I think I think that was the beginning, and I think that was all done in post production. Clearly, it wasn't done in post production, but mm-hmm. I mean, I think that was done specifically to say that Tommy Dreamer is no pretty boy; he is hardcore. I mean, do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and. <clears throat> It's a, it's, it's, it's a, um, what do I want to say? It's the mark of a good, yeah, well, and it's the mark of a good creative guy in Polly because you know, at the last set of tapings, when Tommy was in his suspenders and such, and the crowd was shitting on him, you have this guy you want to get over. So, okay. Now, as we proceed through the next set of tapings and we tell the story, we need to change, we need to change the, the, the direction of the wind here. And start putting into these people's mind that he's not. We're, we're sh- essentially we're dumping this pretty boy shit because it didn't work, you know. And that's the mark of a good creative guy is to change by listen to your audience. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, it was dead in the water to begin with. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it would it would have been great in front of them bought shows, sold shows, bullshit shows, but not mm-hmm. in the arena. That was that was never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And anybody notice how fast Joey Styles started talking? Good God, this guy was going when the, when when they doing a a, a a cover. Joey Styles says, "Can I get a one? Can I get a one? Can I get a one? Can I get a two? Can I get a two? Can I get a two over there? Can I get a three? Did anybody realize how, how fast this guy was 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 talking about what was going on? Because I'm, I'm trying to write down notes and I'm going, "All right, I just wrote down Joey Styles is just talking too fast." I can't. I can't figure out any of this. I think he's trying to sell me a ranch. <laughs> I think I just bought one. <laughs> but no, I didn't notice it. But now that you mentioned it, yes, definitely. Um, 
he uh <clears throat> and he's so good on these shows he's so like i said like even the bad stuff he makes it sound good you know he's so good at this and and as i'm watching this now all this stuff as we go back and watch it and i'm watching it for the first time in years i i realize how much i didn't appreciate joey styles before it's easy to say that the commentary is so great now because it was all done in hindsight. Mm-hmm. You know, it was not like Joey Styles was at the arena commentating live as right. it was Aaron. He wouldn't have known what the fuck Paul wanted. How the fuck are you going to Nobody knew where the fuck Paul was at. <laughs> it, it wasn't like Paul was upstairs directing Joey. And Paul didn't even know where he was going anyway, like with any of this. So it's much more easier to, to, to hit them high high notes and them high spots in post production after Paul got a clearer vision of where he wanted to go, right? I mean, right. That makes all that makes all the sense in the world. Um, I I I don't know what I don't know what the deal was. I mean, we're now we're at the we're at the Shane turn, right? Yes, we have uh, Shane Douglas comes out to to offer to be Tommy's tag team partner in this match against Sullivan and Tasmaniac. And I, I put down the things I wrote down here. One thing, Tommy Dreamer takes a really good beating, you know, as far as selling goes. Um, that he does. And and he, he gets you into the match. I did not find myself distracted or floating away from this at all. Shane, they finally build to the hot tag. Shane gets the hot tag. And then fucks Tommy Dreamer. And I thought this was good stuff. Um, the, uh, Tasma- the the twin toddlers, as Aaron called them, are the new ECW Tag Team Champions. And Aaron, I will divert to you here for a second about what you thought about this segment. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was. The only thing that I didn't like about it was I think that Joey like, figuring it all out right away kind of diluted it a little bit. Like, when he was like, oh, now I know why he's best friends with woman. And and it's like, they should have let it go, like, what the hell was that? And maybe next week let Shane, like, cut a promo explaining why he did what he did. Well, I would have did, I would have did Dreamer accept the match by himself. Have the match, get beat up. Have Shane run out towards the end of the match to be like, I'm here for you, man. You're getting murdered here. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're getting killed. And then when Tommy makes the fucking blows to come back, crawls over, hits Shane, then Shane turns. So everything Tommy did was for nil. Just, yeah. Like, I'm out here getting murdered. And then you murder me. You're you're the guy putting the bullet in my head. Yeah. Like I, said, I just, I, I think the, the idea of it, and it, it was, it, it was, well done and everything like that. But like I said, I and how Chad was saying too, like if Shane knew he was going to be turning, why was he in like an entire, like, you know, nine minute match or whatever. And the only, like I said, the only thing I didn't really like was the fact that Joey just, Oh, this is what happened. He turned because he's, fr- he's managed by Sherry and Sherry's best friends with woman. Like, yeah, but let, but, let, 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 it, let him turn. And then let Joey be like, basically like, what the fuck was that? And then next week, Shane explains himself. Yeah, but I, I do like the fact that when they showed the replay, they only showed three clips. The most important three clips of the whole entire angle was Shane, was uh, Tommy accepting, Shane turning, and then them losing. Mm-hmm. 
It was, and then, you know, and then, oh, no, it's not losing. After they lost, Shane begging the woman. Like, it was the, it was the whole story wrapped up in the three clips that I was like, that is, that's telling, that's, because it's Tommy doing great because he was fighting back in the corner. Right. And it was Shane kiboshing him. And then it was uh, Shane uh, begging the woman. I was like, that tells the whole entire story in about 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said if earlier. If this was Cabrini ECW, they would have showed you the entire match over again. <laughs> <laughs> I got nowhere to spit this beer at. <laughs> and, 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 and somehow the Super Destroyers would have been involved. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's and and again, like I said, like I alluded to earlier, it's you're starting to see more and more Polly's creative handprints on this show, you know, or the vision, I guess, is what I'll say. The let's get the moving let, forward. Yeah, let's stop. Let's stop fucking around and get to the point. <laughs> pretty much, you know, let's tell some fucking stories here and start building something. And that was the biggest takeaway I had from the show. Um, so we're going to have Tommy Dreamer and Shane Douglas because of this at Holiday Hell on the 26th of December. And we get a Tommy Dreamer promo on Shane Douglas. And I didn't really take any, I just has, I just have written down here, Dream up, Dreamer promo on Shane. Did you guys have any takeaways from the promo itself? I mean, you do see a change in Tommy's character, obviously. Not in this promo. Yeah, I just no. called him Tommy three times because like, he's like <laughs> Shane Douglas, Shane Douglas, Shane Douglas. And then later he says it again. He's Shane Douglas, Shane Douglas, Shane Douglas. Like, yeah, but, three times. But he didn't know that, that Shane had turned on him already. So he got beat up by Shane. He lost his tag team titles. So he goes back to the locker room and he puts on his robe. They <laughs> cut a promo. Clearly that promo was cut somewhere else. I mean, didn't you guys notice that? Why are you wearing your ring robe? You just got beat up by Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas is Shane Douglas. Douglas, Douglas, and Douglas. <laughs> it's my law firm. <laughs> obviously, obviously, Paul had that in the works because that mm-hmm. promo was filmed clearly, either not there or way earlier because it was shot with that other camera that we always mm-hmm. talk about. You know, mm-hmm. that little shittier one, the original one. Yeah, like, hey, I know what, motherfucker, I'm going to go put my robe on. I had a long day. I'm going to put my robe on. <laughs> but, 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 oh, um. I don't have Johnny here to hold me. I need my Snuggie. <laughs> my robe you got a Snuggie? <laughs> that, that's going to be the name of the show. Tommy Dreamer had a day. <laughs> oh, he had, a, he had a doozy of a day. <laughs> Up next, we get Joey Styles in the ring to interview the one and only Terry Funk. And, of course, it's a Terry Funk promo, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, guys, what would you think of this one? He declared himself the king of the Indies. King of the Indies, yes. Well, wasn't he at that point? Uh, yeah. And then and then he brings out uh, his few good men, and it's uh, <laughs> Axel and Ian Rock. He is middle-aged and crazy. So, uh, his standards for a few good men may have been lowered, but, but he, he should have just said a, a, a couple of decent guys. <laughs> a couple of upstanding gentlemen. I wouldn't go yeah. that far. 
Yeah, I don't know who said that, but yeah, no. <laughs> couple well, of dudes. Yeah, couple These of guys. guys here. They're a couple guys. They're a couple guys. Uh, I I I like this because I, I I know that Paulie Paulie always liked Ian and Axel, but because he didn't know he didn't know a whole lot about them as far as personally personal wise that. Every time he did stuff with him, he started finding out more and more shit about him. That's why you started seeing Axel take more and more of a, um, a step forward, so to speak, you know? Mm-hmm. And then Ian, so much, not so much. Because, I mean, when he did the angle, when he was calling him out, when Terry Funk said, my man would go to the top rope and jump off the top rope to the floor on his head, if I tell him to. And he do- he says, do it. What did Axel do? Told Ian to do it. You go up there and do it. I ain't fucking doing that shit. Because, I mean, Terry might go, go ahead. And it, Ian might do it. But, yeah, I I, I I thought it was great. I thought it was a good idea. I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't see a problem with it. It was a great way of elevating Ian and Axel, right? I mean, right. am I yep. wrong? I don't know. Put, yeah, no, put him in the ring with a legend. Let him give him a rub. <clears throat> it's a great you endorsement. Know. Yes, absolutely, and that's exactly what we were talking about earlier. You're using, you're using established stars to build your new stars, and after this promo, we get some Terry Funk footage, we get some Sabu footage, and I'll tell you what: this Paulie promo. <laughs> one of the things I wrote down is what a fucking hype machine! What a hype machine Paulie is. Um. There's there's not many guys I could say in the and you guys can disagree with me, uh, but there's not many guys in the history of the business that I personally seen that are better at what he does than what he does. Well, he learned from a lot of very very accomplished and very very prominent people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like he learned like uh, he he learned. What is cool about Paul, and I don't even know if I'm going to say this properly, is that Paul's a big city guy. Mm-hmm. Paul, the big city guy, learned small town applications to big, to bigger endeavors. If that makes any sense? Oh, absolutely. By, by working in Continental, Memphis, all them other territories, he learned the little things that worked. Mm-hmm. You know, because how many people do you think he knew were in the locker room in Continental when Gilbert booked there? Idol, mm-hmm. maybe Pez, but the rest of the guys are local fucking guys, right? But he had to make the best out of that, <clears throat> and and I think that's that's one of Paul's greatest attributes. Well, and and something you just said there struck a chord with me because you said a big city guy, and then the small town influence, a city guy. Knows how because because cities are more diverse and have different different types of people. A city guy knows the trick to appealing to a, a multitude of different types of people, but a small the small town approach mixed with the big city appeal. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, you just put that all together for me, Chad. That's why Paul is so good at what he does as far as being a hype machine goes because he can he can he can appeal to everybody but narrow it down to a what it's a razor thin point 
And then, and then, with that, and then he with also that Sorry, but then he also states that Canyon, Texas is named after the reputation of Terry Funk's oldest daughter. Well, and <laughs> then asks uh, Terry Funk if he's ever actually wondered why his daughters look like Dick Murdoch. Yes, and I have that written down. Fucking and that goes, fantastic. Yes, it does. And that, fantastic. Goes, that goes to that point, too, because <laughs> now every dad in your audience is like, this motherfucker. <laughs> is attacking this man's daughters. They're not even in the business. And Dick Murdoch don't even work here. <laughs> it, it, it was almost as good as that lesbian line that he said to Lawler. You know, you know what that is? Yeah, he said that uh, he was kind of promo in Memphis, and he said that um, that he heard that Jerry Lawler's the big man in town, and that must explain why there's so many lesbians in the Memphis area. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! All right, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I don't think I heard that. <laughs> but yeah, that's a fantastic promo from Pauly. And um, well, please tell me we're going to skip the snooker promo. <laughs> I actually wrote down here ECW Academy ad snooker woo 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 thing again. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's we'll move along. They're still using this Jimmy Snooker ad. Who knew it was Zack Ryder's dad? Is he even still on the roster at this point? Like, are we ever even yeah, going to see Snooka again? The, yeah, because we still haven't got Snooka and Dreamer, right? Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. All right. So, up next. Snooka's got to be living with Todd <laughs> at this point, like doing yard work and shit. He's driving the variety kids around. Well, Metal Maniac's driving them around. It's like Snooka's pimping them out. <laughs> The riding lawnmower has TCB spray painted on it. That's right, brother. Taking care of bushes, brother. Oh, shit. Sandman and Tony Stetson. Uh, At least Sandman's out of the wetsuit. I was going to say that I said I wanted Sandman weeks ago to be out of the wetsuit. Now he looks worse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he he don't look any better. I'll tell you that. Stetson lost some weight, though. Hunter Q. Robbins isn't there. Well, I think I think poor Hunter Q. Robbins. I think he's I think he's at work <laughs> at the Radio Shack. But he, yeah. he's not he's not here. No, he's not. I just put that this match is uh, this match Basic. is is the equivalent of like this this match is like the Canadian Wolfman. It's sloppy and useless. It was just <laughs> it didn't need to be here, and the match was just bad. And I don't understand why it was even why it was even on here. Dude, I got I got to tell you, Aaron, I got no notes whatsoever. Because I'm just watching it going, this is exactly where I thought it was going to be. Terrible. It was going to be just sloppy, unorganized, just not make any sense, not be any good, you know? I think <laughs> I saw a couple of good moves, but they could have been by accident, for, for, all, <laughs> for all I know. And at this point, they were probably Tony Stetson and not the Sandman. Oh, yeah, it was Tony Stetson. But, yeah, I, I was just like, yeah, this is clearly just filling up the rest of the top. Mm-hmm. So after this match, I think Sandman won, right? I didn't even write down the finish. Yeah, Sandman won with a roll-up. Well, yeah. I would just say maybe a roll-up. But anyway, Stetson went for like a, a sloppy high cross body off the top, and Sandman oh, that rolled through yeah. and him. Yeah. We get, an East, we get an ECW merchandise ad. And then um, Joey, Styles, Joey Styles does an intro, intro for Mr. Hughes. And I see Chad Austin in the ring, and I'm like, all right, Chad Austin versus Mr. Hughes. And then I got fucked. I got fucked out of my main event. Thanks nope. a lot, ECW. I did that. 
Did you guys actually even have a match here? Like, or did they just? No, no. Um, uh, I mean, the that... way that the way that that's why I want to ask you because the way the TV seemed edited, I didn't know if you guys had a match, but they just edited, you know, the well, they, the whole... they had to because of the time. Mm-hmm. Because when we were in the ring and the lights went out, somebody had to figure out what to do. Like it wasn't like the lights went out and we figured it'd come right back on. Right. So when the lights went out and they stayed out, Paul just said, "Go out there and fight." <laughs> so the building legit lost power. Yeah, that that was a dip, and it never came back on. And, oh, and it, and I didn't know that shit. <laughs> I and, thought this was it intentional. Happened, it happened again with me with Kevin Sullivan. I mean, like literally, I knew I knew what happened with Kevin Sullivan because I was legitimately scared to, to work Kevin Sullivan. But mm-hmm. Mr. Hughes, I wasn't scared to work. So we were in the ring, and then I just realized that I had a fresh new dye job. Oh, my God. My hair was fucking blonder than a motherfucker. <laughs> that day. That's the Lady Clairol, Lady Clairol Ultra Blue. <laughs> my hair was, like, was looking fab. And then when the lights went out, and then when the lights came on, and then the bro- like, clearly they edited it because Paul had to figure out, what the fuck do I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, the lights were probably out for like three minutes, four minutes. So we had to give him something. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even, I thought that was intentional, honestly. Like the way that, and I mean, I guess that's more to Polly's, you know, um, acumen. Yeah, benefit, that, beneficial of his creativity. Yeah, because I, I watched this show and thought that those lights went out and this big brawl started was intentional. Um, and didn't know that the power actually went out. So, well, I, I'm not, I'm not sure if that was the first time it's happened. Um, it, it may have been for me, but I mean, I know remember it happens later on with Kevin Sullivan, but that's where Paul got the idea from the, the lights go out. That's the, where the mm-hmm. whole entire idea came from. Lights go awesome. out. It was, <laughs> it, it was so easy when Paul realized how easy it was to make the lights go out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, I, you know, if I need, if I need a break, a pause, um, you know, something in the show, I'll make those fucking lights go out. That's what I do here. I'm just like, hey, the internet went out, you know, and here we go. We got well, <laughs> anyway. In, in, in this house now, I'm the lights. So I'm gonna say, <laughs> Jess, I would sexually entertain you tonight, but the lights went out. I'm going to bed. <laughs> We're married. <laughs> Well, that's what we get, folks. The lights go out, and um, there's just a big brawl going on after the fact here. The Sandman and Mr. Hughes, who are feuding, heading into Holiday Hell. Um, Dreamers out there. Dreamers out there. Sandman's out there. Hughes, Big Sal, for some reason. Johnny Hotbody, you're out there. Sandman's out there. killing me. Ian gave me a DDT on on the fucking floor. There's only one driver. There's only one guy, and I don't know who he was. Who was the guy that was in like the singlet with like the the like ear length hair? He was like in a black singlet. Like I had no idea who that guy was. Uh, he, somebody in the locker room that didn't work that night. Yeah, I didn't know if just didn't know if maybe you knew who that guy was, but I was like, I don't know. Who I know. The fuck I, I, was. Didn't, I didn't notice him. Maybe if I go back and watch him, maybe I will notice him. Yeah, I didn't know who the fuck that dude was, but everybody else I knew, but that guy, I didn't have no fucking idea who he, who he was. But um, Chad's match caused a riot, and that's right. Showing off the air. Fucking Mr. Hughes did it. 
wanted none of that. Austin and Hughes had such heat, it caused a riot in the ECW arena. That's the the fucking headline, Chad. That's the headline. That's what we're going with. But yeah, that is, I got to tell you, I am, I'm going to sound like a Mark. I am a Mark. Anyway, I I don't mind to sound like a Mark. I never knew that the power really went out here. And I'm like... That is so cool that this is the actual power going out is what gave Polly the idea to use that the lights go out gimmick so many times in the future in ECW. You know, well, lights go out, there's Jim Cornette. The lights go out, there's Sabu. That's fucking badass to me because I never knew that. I love learning something new. Well, man. wait till wait till it happens again. Like once it happens again, it's it, it also should be a shoot. Mm-hmm. And then I because I think it's the same the same situation. Nothing important is going on, but the lights go out and they wait to come back with a brawl. But then after that, watch what happens every time the lights go out. Right. That's when you're going to notice it. It ain't going to be the next time you see it. It's going to be every other time you see it. Mm-hmm. That's cool as shit. Like I, <laughs> I love, I got, I love learning something new and yeah. Thank you for letting me know that. Cause but yeah, that was, uh, I thought this show overall, guys, as we get to our close here or we get to our wrap up, I actually, for the first time, gave one of these ECW shows um, more than a two and a half. I actually gave this show a three and a half out of five because, for my personal opinion, I was excited by, other than the Sandman Stetson thing, I was ex- I was happy to watch most of uh, and and obviously Maddie in the house, but I was happy to watch most of what I watched in this in this show, and you feel that that hope you see the creativity of Polly really really shining in this show I think more than we have more than we have in any show we've seen so far. I agree, and I I I, I don't I don't agree with Stetson and Sandman. I think Stetson and Sandman was a perfect fit for a way to end the show. Mm-hmm. That had that much hype and and pomp and circumstance behind it with the uh, video package hyping the upcoming event. I mean, mm-hmm. they just had to put eight minutes of, of content together, and right. why not? It, it, it's still it's still showcasing what ECW is. But um, are, so what was your grade? Do I get my grade now? Yeah, I had a three and a half actually out of five. Oh, I'm going to give it the best grade I've ever gave any show so far. I'm going to grade it as awful. I think I've graded some shows as rotten, whatever. This is above that. This is just awful. <laughs> it's not. It's not there yet. Um, but believe me, because I I've seen I've seen the 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 star stuff. You know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> but yeah, this is this is this is in the right direction. Yeah, it, it was awful. Um, but it was a good off. <laughs> it was better than Cabrini awful. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, Cabrini awful was. It's, and, it's undescribable. And we are well past the days of the Super Destroyers and um, one of my favorite heels of all time, folks. But man, the ECW Don Morocco. We're just we're past all that, and and it's refreshing and it's fun to watch. Aaron, what did you give this show out of? Uh, did you uh, grade it? I gave it a D plus. I like how we all have different levels of grading. That's unique in this show too. Everything's unique about this show, but a D plus. Yep. What was the positive? What was the negative for you? What was like the 
the, the um, determining factor in your grade, I guess I'll say. It, the fact that there was somewhat, lo- I shouldn't say logical, but like stories being told on the show, like the Dreamer, Tommy, like the Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, Kevin Sullivan, Taz thing. Like it was like, okay, there's there's the hope. There's the hope that we're getting to like some ECW type stuff, the Terry Funk promo. Um, something I liked about like the Terry Funk video is it's like at the beginning of the video, he's all humble. Oh, geez, I'm Terry Funk. I'm a nice guy. And then the video just shows him fucking insane, like all the insane shit he's done. I love that. And it's just other than other than Terry or other than Sandman and Tony Stetson, nothing on the nothing on the show pissed me off. It was like, oh, this is terrible. It was just, it was a good show. You didn't get a Sal Blomo stuffed bear. Yeah. You had your hands. Those are all in evidence lockers now. Those are all in evidence lockers now. Can't get those. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody, nobody get out of the, nobody get out of the black light. (laughs) Stay in the van. <laughs> it's going to the variety club. You got nothing to be scared of. <laughs> All the cops are like, show us where he touched you on the Salbalomo bear. And Only- he's got no arms. <laughs> <laughs> Only on reliving the extreme do you get pedo humor here at the uh, the podcast world. <laughs> varsity club. Come on. <laughs> the varsity club. <laughs> Well, Sullivan was on this show. <laughs> well, Aaron, Chad, anything, anything we want to plug before we sign off this week and our return and act to action on reliving the extreme. Go, go ahead, Aaron. I, I, I'm still laughing at the fact that I didn't even realize that I said varsity club. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as bad as Rotary Hawk, but it's pretty close. <laughs> 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 now you kill me. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no, I don't really have anything to plug. Just buy the shirt. Weekend. Buy the shirts. Buy the listen to the podcast. Listen to We Can't Wrestle. Nate's got more things to plug than I do. It's just I enjoy doing the show. I'm glad we're back. And looking forward to getting back on this. Getting back uh, back to doing these. And Chad, we want to say from Aaron and I and all of our listeners, congratulations on you and Jess's wedding and your marriage in all seriousness. Mazel tov, as you and I said in a private conversation at one point. Mazel tov, Chad, on your on your uh on your marriage. Great. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. I have the glass. I kept the glass. <laughs> um, as far as anything to plug. I don't. I, I don't think I'm doing anything for the next um, like month. Like I don't have anything booked that I know of. I know I have uh, wrestling trivia this Sunday, but I'm like getting paid for it. But we're I gonna have to, made by tens. We're gonna have to have Chad come on the book or the box, Aaron, the next time and challenge yeah. you for your title. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, always, always follow the show. Um, if if you like the show, please, please, I mean, buy the merch. If it's not for you, buy it for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then buy it and throw out. in the trash. We don't give a shit what you do with it. Just buy it. 
I do. Then give that back to give it back to whoever got it or sent it to me. And then and then check out the WrestleNet radio thing. It's it's a it's a wonderful thing when you have nothing going on at the end of the day, and you're and you already heard your regular podcast. Just put it on. Mm-hmm. You put it on. You never know what's going to be on there. It could be the great Archie Mitchell. Or it could be an old show that I'm on or anything. Yeah, yeah, support all that stuff. And now, Nate, you take it home. And if you, as, as Chad mentioned, WrestleNet Radio, um, it is a 24 7, 365 online pro wrestling talk radio show. We have uh, episodes of our show, the We Can't Wrestle podcast, some original shows. Um, like like uh, Chad said, if you smell what the arch is cooking with Archie Mitchell, Aaron and Chad are developing a show. Um, got a couple of other things in the work, but yeah, I mean, you can, like Chad said, you can put it on anytime and there's wrestling discussion that you can listen to. Um, also virtual asylum shows. Um, right now, I think as we speak, there's a show with Bret Hart at airing on the show or on the radio station at the moment. You can download it in the Google play store, WrestleNet radio and Apple is still stringing me along. But anyway, in Apple, there, there is a link that you can click on in this in our Reliving the Extreme Facebook page, the Re- We Can't Wrestle Facebook page, and on the WrestleNet Radio <laughs> Facebook page to listen to, if you're an Apple user, the station in your Safari browser. That being said, Aaron, Chad, thank you for joining me on this week's edition of Reliving the Extreme. Big things coming. We'll make an announcement here shortly about an interview we're going to have coming up. Very excited about that. And I will talk to everyone later. We will as well. Have a great week, everybody, and thank you for joining us. Reliving the Extreme is a production of Max and Out Media, all rights reserved.